Before diving into the episode, I want to tell you about my brand new 10-week fitness goal setting program that has been completely revamped. Throughout 2020, I coached five groups in a 10-week program, and I've coached 37 individuals through the same program. All year, I've slowly tweaked some things about the program based off of what works and what doesn't, what resonates with people and what doesn't. And I'm so excited to finally announce that the new and improved, the bulletproof, the impenetrable 10-week fitness goal setting program is officially live. You can go to nickcarrier.com slash 10-week programs to learn more. Again, nickcarrier.com slash 10-week programs to learn more. Whether or not he would ever move back to the United States, how he was able to find a girlfriend while living abroad and working remotely, what he's learned about himself through traveling and the importance of work, life, balance, and so much more coming right up. This is episode number two, four, seven with the number one best-selling author and location independent entrepreneur, Mike Swagunski. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Nick Carrier's Best You Podcast. I'm here because you want to become the best version of yourself, but there are so many things that you need to do in order to get there. And because it's overwhelmingly complicated, it's easy to lose focus, easy to lose a sense of direction, which is why so many people fall short of their true potential. But that's why I create videos, podcasts, and fitness programs to keep you on track to your best you. Go to nickcarrier.com to learn more. Today, I'm super pumped to bring you Mike Swagunski. For the past 10 plus years, Mike has been traveling the world and he's seen 86 countries, 653 cities, and has had seven different international jobs. Mike is also the best-selling author of the book, Global Career, How to Work Anywhere and Travel Forever. In this episode, you're gonna learn about how different countries vary, or vary in their culture and their work-life balance. You'll learn about what Mike has learned about himself through travel and where he met his girlfriend abroad. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at carrier underscore best you and follow Mike at swig meets world. And you can find his book and website information at the show notes at nickcarrier.com slash podcast. Without further ado, here's to getting closer to your best you with the one and only Mike Swagunski. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Nick Carrier's Best You Podcast. I'm super fired up today to have the one and only Mike Swagunski with me today. Mike is the founder and the number one best-selling author at Global Career, and I just finished his book called Global Career, How to Work Anywhere and Travel Forever, and it's an absolutely awesome book, super unique, and what I really love about it is he gives you practical tips on how to actually travel and how to work remotely. He gives you everything from like travel insurance to tips on what visa to get to travel tips to to packing tips and, and everything like that. So it's super cool and super practical. Uh, he calls himself a remote working expert and location independent entrepreneur, which, which is super cool. And um, Mike today is joining us from Tisibili. <laughs> Did I say that right? Tisibili, Georgia. Um, not the state. There's obviously no city uh, called Tisibili in, uh, in Georgia here in the state. So out in Eastern Europe slash, uh, slash Western Asia, and uh, it's 10 p.m. there tonight. So I appreciate him joining us here on this, uh, let's see, this Wednesday evening. Um, but anyway, to so introduce you, Mike, a little bit further, you, you first had your international flight at age 18. Then you did a study abroad in Italy when you were back at the University of Missouri, and that's when you kind of first got the itch of traveling. And then you applied to be the student manager of a of a study abroad program in Czech Republic and in Prague, and so you did that, and, and that was awesome. And then you graduated and you moved to Australia, 
uh, and you only, and you moved there with three thousand dollars in your bank account, and you didn't know what job you were gonna get before you moved, which is awesome in and of itself. And you've been traveling for a decade plus ever since. But the way I want to kind of start today, Mike, is to ask you: Is there a biggest thing that you feel like you've learned about yourself? over the last 10 plus years, because I feel like traveling can be a really big self-discovery process. So is there anything that you've most learned about yourself over the last 10 plus years? I didn't really, there wasn't any like core uncoverings. I would say I, I kind of already had a really good grasp of about who I was, but travel for me just really solidified those, those thoughts that maybe I had a little bit of doubt. Maybe there was, you know, there's always that thing in the back of your mind where, okay, you know, you can't actually do this, but once you're able to achieve stuff like traveling on your own, uh, one of the things that I did that really kind of pushed, pushed me out of my comfort zone at this point, I'd been traveling for probably four or five years was I hitchhiked around the whole South Island of New Zealand. And I just went in with the goal where I'm going to make a whole lap around New Zealand uh, by hitchhiking. And this was something that was absolutely fun. I connected with so many great people. I was able to really put myself out of my comfort zone. And I think it, it really taught me a, a lot about myself uh, that I can just achieve anything. And I can take those travel experiences and relate it to my business that right now, I, I don't think anything's impossible. I know I can do and achieve anything that I put myself and I put in the effort. Yeah, no, I love that. And so and kind of on the on the same topic, you've you've been to so many different places and you've been able to interact with so many different people from so many different cultures. What is like one of the most important things that you have to do in order to connect with anybody? Like connect with anybody, any culture, that's something that is, you know, relatively universal. Yeah, I would say body language is the real universal language. And I've been able to get around the world, not knowing I don't know 40 different languages. I, I speak a few other languages pretty poorly, to be honest, uh, but I, I could still know enough to get by. But body language, having a smile, having like a cool and calm composure when you meet somebody is going to be such a great thing for any scenario, no matter what culture. Most cultures are going to have very similar body language. And it's one of those things that before you even say a word, people are kind of getting a read about your vibe. So I would say ha having, having a good understanding of what vibes you're giving off and being able to read those on other people is going to be essential. And I don't know how you can get better at that. I, I, I have some friends and family that just really struggle with reading body language. And I don't know how you actually develop it, but I guarantee travel will, will absolutely help you with that. Yeah, well, I feel like it's, I feel like you get better at it by maybe the first off the awareness of it and then just like going around and meeting so many different people because then you can start to identify the different things that the different people have in regards to their body language. And then it takes a lot of like intentionality and awareness behind it though. Yeah. And I think if you're, if you're going down that path for self-development, there's probably some books and some core, like, you know, body language uh, signals that you can read. And I think if you, if you do struggle with that, being aware of it and, and just trying to improve on yourself will definitely help, help you in the long game. You know, we've got these, this virtual kind of environment we're living in and with remote working, it's essential because now we're chatting so much. Like there were so many times in the past when I've, I've had Slack messages or emails and you can't really tell the tone so much, you know, there's no emojis in a lot of emails. And sometimes you can be like, okay, is this person upset? You can't really get a vibe off of them. 
And sometimes it can be as easy as hopping on a call, a video call to make sure that everything's all right because we can't necessarily meet up in person. So there's probably a lot of funny scenarios happening right now. And one of the, the things which I'm sure everyone listening in has experienced is the whole mask stuff. With a mask, there's been so many scenarios, me and my girlfriend, like I'll say something jokingly, but because she can't see my, my face or my smile, she's like, doesn't know if it's serious or if I'm joking. And she just like, you, you know, there's so many scenarios where people are misreading the body language just by having a mask on your face. So uh, I think being aware of that and kind of know, knowing what to say or what to do in those situations uh, for remote working is gonna be uh, something that a lot of people have to learn and develop over time. Yeah, no doubt. I I have similar experiences. I coach fitness classes and have to wear a mask during it. And I know I have to make sure if I'm like joking with somebody like in a fitness class that I like make it very, very known because if not, then they think I'm being mean or something or, or like making fun of them. So uh, I definitely have a similar experiences there. Um, well, you mentioned uh, pre-podcast about uh, you, you have a girlfriend, girlfriend now for the last four years. Um, just mentioned it again. What was it like when you maybe like first started dating when you were abroad and like, what was that struggle or challenge like? Yeah. So I, I'd been kind of like on the dating scene. Like I I've had a few long-term girlfriends and relationships and even the short-term relationships, I was just the type of person that's like, if it's for, you know, a couple weeks or a few, few months or years, I want to make a strong relationship and, I want to, I just want to build solid relationships, regardless of the situation, whether it's romantically, professionally. And I think just going in with that mindset where being transparent, being upfront about what you're looking for or not looking for, you got to do it in a delicate way. But I, I think that's been part of my success with building good relationships. And I think the networking side, the professional side and the romantic side kind of go hand in hand. Like, you need to be authentic upfront and kind of just clear about what you're looking for. But the dating scene overseas has been one of those things where, I don't know, it's always been something that's very interesting, learning about other cultures. And I'm just always fascinated to talk with people and, and kind of hear their story because everyone has, has an interesting story. You just kind of have to dig it out of them, right? Yeah. I love it. I love it. Where did, so where did you meet your, uh, is your current girlfriend's name Alejandra? Yeah. Yeah, awesome. she's, where, where, she's mentioned in the you, book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where'd, uh, where did you meet her? So before I moved out to uh, Tbilisi, Georgia, I was based in Medellin, Colombia, and we actually met there. I had traveled there for a month. Uh, we ended up meeting up at a coffee shop, and we just, it was kind of one of those things. It was like, we planned to have a, like an hour-long date, but we ended up spending the whole day together. We had like lunch and dinner, and like, it was just one of those things where, she had actually just traveled to Missouri and, you know, okay. I have I, her, she has family there. And I was like, I'd never met anybody who'd really even been to Missouri from another country. And I don't know, we just had all this stuff. She was really into traveling. She had lived overseas in Switzerland and stuff. So she kind of had an international mindset and we just really clicked and we've been kind of uh, dating. And she also has her own business with, with helping podcasters. So it's a, uh, wow. It's been a, it's been a great fit where we're both able to work from a laptop and kind of explore the world together. That's awesome. Super cool. Super cool. Well, to kind of go back a little bit into your story because I'm I'm fascinated about uh, your time in, in time in South Korea. So after you spent 
about six months or so, if I remember correctly, in Australia, you joined an MBA program in South Korea because you had a kind of a mentor who recommended that you you apply for it or, or maybe start doing it. So just talk a little bit about your, your time in South Korea, because I feel like up to that point, you had spent some time in Europe, you spent some time in Australia. And so I don't know if this is just ignorant, but I feel like those cultures are maybe a little bit more similar to the United States than say South Korea is. So talk about like the kind of the, the early on challenges of going to South Korea and getting your MBA there. Yeah. So I was at this time I was working in Australia and I loved the job. I loved living in Sydney. I was living in, you know, Bondi beach, like one of the most beautiful beaches in the world. Uh, but at this time I had, I had talked to my mentor who suggested I apply for this MBA program. They had a really great scholarship and I ended up getting approved for a full ride and they're going to even pay for my flight to go move to South Korea, study there. They're going to help me find work as well. So it was just one of these opportunities that even though I loved my current lifestyle, I was like, this is just too good to pass up. And so I hopped on a plane after traveling around uh, Australia for two months, hopped on a plane, moved to South Korea. And yeah, you're right. It probably was like the biggest culture, culture shock for me at this time. Uh, because I hadn't traveled around too much in Southeast Asia or lived there for that long. And I was studying in a fairly small town, not small, but it's still like two or three million people, uh, but small for South Korea called Gwangju. And I absolutely loved it. Uh, it was a international MBA program. So I was one of two Americans, but there was mostly South Koreans. And they just treated me like family. They're some of the most friendly people there and really kind of treated me like a younger brother. Uh, so I really enjoyed doing that. So I studied my MBA for a few years with a marketing emphasis and it just kind of reconfirmed that, you know, I love studying marketing. I love working in marketing and that's kind of been my core component for building a business um, and kind of building my book is you have to market yourself, right? Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So, You've worked for, I think you've had maybe like seven different jobs and you've worked with, worked with teams, worked with a lot of people, but a lot of people with kind of different cultural backgrounds, maybe a little bit of a language barrier, things of that nature. And one of the biggest, most important things in terms of building a good team is a certain level of trust. We've talked about body language and how that can be certain, uh, a certain way to connect with people at a, at a better level early on. But when people who are on your, who are on a team with you have a cultural barrier or a language barrier. How, what role does that play in regards to helping build trust as a team? Yeah, I think, uh, especially now with remote working, you have to try to find like the common grounds with, you know, people in other cultures and try to find things that you can relate to. And I think it's really good, at least for my own personal team to try to find stuff that's, you know, not always work related. It's good to just have a call about like, hey, how's, how are things going? If you're wanting to develop your team, build a company with a solid culture, I think it's good to just have those like, you know, remote virtual coffees, virtual happy hours, where you're just talking about stuff that's not necessarily work related. Maybe 90% of it is non-work related topics. Uh, so I think having that type of thing where you can find out more about what drives this person what's really like motivates them because not every culture is going to be motivated by money. A lot of times they are, but a lot of times there's other factors, you know, maybe it's 
just they want to spend more time with their family. They have other different motivation stuff. Maybe they, they're going for the praise. And if you're able to figure this out, how your employees are motivated or how people in other cultures you're working with are motivated. And if you can align that motivation to your company's goals, mm. if you can align their personal and professional goals with your company, it's going to be a win-win for both teams. And it's going to really help build your company in a stronger way and a stronger uh, remote culture. Uh, and this will work in any culture around the world for sure. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, you mentioned earlier how, um, Georgia has kind of the culture of Europe and the um, living expenses, I think, of, of Asia. So, and, and I, this is why I thought about this question. I, I hadn't thought about it before. If you had to tie in, like, you, you tied in, like, cultural and you tied in uh, living expenses. If you had to tie in, like, your ideal living place, what would the different qualities of maybe some different countries or different cultures would you tie in to say like, I would like the culture from this country. I would like the living expenses from this country. I would like the food from this country, that sort of thing. Right. Yeah. That's a really good question, man. Uh, that's tough. I really yeah. like that. I would say, I, I think Tbilisi, Georgia is a really good example of that because they do have like the European kind of vibe where work-life balance is a little bit more relaxed. I think that kind of uh, resonates with me a little bit more. I think, you know, we should be, we're put on this earth to, to really enjoy life. And, you know, as long as you're doing something that you enjoy, it's going to be great. And I think Europeans kind of find that balance a little bit better. Uh, as far as the food, the food's delicious. They've got kind of every culture here. So as far as like things that I'm missing, I would say if we could get the weather of Medellin, Colombia and bring it over mm -hmm. here where it's like 75 degrees year round, uh, that's something that I would love to import. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, honestly, I think Tbilisi, Georgia checks every box that we're looking for. Uh, there's a few other things. I would say bringing the, the service culture from the United States mm. or from Asia. They, they kind of have the European service culture. So when you go to a restaurant, they're friendly, but they're, they're going to come to you on your time kind of thing. Like, you know, in the US, there a lot of people are working for tips where a lot of times in Europe and Asia, they don't have the tipping culture. So the, their incentives aren't as in line to give you the top-notch service that most people are accustomed to in the United States. So I would say that's probably one thing that I would love to import as well is that kind of U.S. culture or, you know, where that U.S. service or from Southeast Asia where the service culture is, is also really good. Mm -hmm. Is there any any part of you that thinks you might move back to the United States at any point? Man, I have no desire. I, I honestly, I love the United States. There's so many places that I want to visit and travel, but I go back every year, usually around this time for, for holidays. And the trips are getting a little bit shorter and shorter each year, or they're getting more expanded to like, okay, we're going to spend one week seeing friends and family. And then one week, like going out and seeing something cool in the United States, like going to a national park. But as far as long-term, I don't see it, man. I, I think I'm able to build such a, a better life overseas for a fraction of the cost by utilizing geo-arbitrage that to replicate this same sort of lifestyle in any you know, major 10, 15 cities in the US, it probably costs like 10 or 15 times more than what I'm spending here. So I'm able to have a better lifestyle and save more money 
And uh, I don't know, it's just more enjoyable in my opinion, but I know this lifestyle is not for everyone. So uh, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta test it out though, for sure. Yeah, no, I like it. I like it. So uh, getting on the last couple of questions here, I think that in order to get closer to the best version of yourself, one of the most important things to do initially is to try to gain clarity onto what you think the best version of yourself looks like, what you think the best version of yourself is capable of. And then my goal every single day is to try to reverse engineer that person into reality. And so a question that I kind of discovered for myself about a year and a half ago is, uh, has been something that I found really helpful. And it's what I'm getting ready to ask you. And it's, is there a particular skill or piece of knowledge that the best version of yourself has that you don't currently have? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a really interesting question. And I'm sure there is uh, a lot of skills for that. I would say for, for me, my, my big struggle is, is probably like the, on the fitness side, I think I'm going in the right direction with the business side. I wish I was just getting everywhere faster and I think that's the, the biggest thing that I struggle with is comparing yourself. And I think everyone does this, comparing yourself to other people instead of looking at your, your personal uh, progression. So if mm-hmm. I had to change one thing, I would say like, it's just hard to not see these people because you only see their results, right? You see like the guy with the six pack and you're like, man, I want that. I'm like, you know, but they've worked so hard at that. You don't see all of the sacrifice and progress that they've put in. So I would say that's one thing that I want to continue improving on myself is it's something that I'm aware of is like just comparing your own progress to yourself. It's always looking back of where you've, where you've come from, where you're going and how much you've personally developed. It's only a battle against yourself. You're not competing against these other people, but I usually use these people as inspiration. And I think that's one of the things if you're listening in, finding somebody that's two or three years ahead of you and asking them for help, whether that's through paid coaching, mentorship, is one of the best hacks to get ahead and get ahead fastly. I have two or three coaches. I've played sports my whole life, and I wouldn't be the person that I am today without these coaches for sports and for you know personal development, professional development, and with my own business. So I think a lot of people are hesitated. You have to find somebody that's you know, they can't be 20 years ahead of you or else that's just too far of a gap, I think. Find somebody who's maybe two or three years ahead and can help you out the way, help you with, you know, getting to those goals that you want to achieve. But yeah, that's a that's a really interesting question. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, uh, well, yeah, man. Well, before I ask the last one, I want to acknowledge you for being able to really take that leap of faith back when um, kind of after after your mom had passed to, to say that I'm going to go without a job and be able to figure this thing out and be able to have that proof of concept early on is super cool and, and super unique, obviously. And for you to be able to just continue this journey for the last decade plus has been, uh, I know I was super inspired reading your book because I didn't think that it was as attainable or as realistic as you you make it seem and, and you bridge that gap for people. So it's just really cool and, and, really, and really special, man. I appreciate that. And I think 2020 has been one heck of a year and it's thrown so many curveballs, but I really hope it's kind of almost a wake up call for people and to, to really prioritize your life. And I know it's easier said than done, but if you want to, if you really want to travel, you can make it happen. Like the monetary stuff, that's an excuse. Like moving to one of the most expensive countries with three grand, being able to find work, you can make it happen. You just have to really push yourself and 
you know, just have the confidence to, to know that it's going to work out. And worst case scenario, you'll, you'll end up back where you started. Right. So yeah. that's kind of awesome. what I always had in the back of my hat, in the back of my mind. I was like, well, I can always like, you know, go back and work in the United States somehow if, if things do fail, but I really never wanted to do that. So I, I think it was kind of a, a good incentivator for me. Yeah. I mean, I think to be honest, I've heard people say similar things to that in the past is I thought about what would be the worst case, like if I fail at this or worst case scenario, what would happen? And then you kind of identify what the worst case scenario is. And it's like, oh, it's actually not as not all that bad. Like if I if I had to go back, then it's not all that bad. So I maybe just take this leap of faith that gives you the confidence to do so. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I know everybody is going to want to make sure they uh, go get your book and, and go follow you if they don't know and follow you already. So go get his book, Global Career, How to Work Anywhere and Travel Forever. I'll have, a, have it. Uh, linked up in the show notes and then you can go get it on Amazon. It's an, uh, an Amazon bestseller. And um, then you can go to his uh, website as well at globalcareerbook.com. He's on Instagram at Swig Meets World, on LinkedIn at Mike uh, Swigunski, anywhere else that people should go follow you on, you're on YouTube as well. Yeah, Mike Swigunski on YouTube and then globalcareerbook.com. And hey, if you're listening, don't hesitate to reach out. I love connecting with people. I actually do respond to all my emails and messages. And, you know, if you do need help, I do offer a free consultation in my book to people who've bought that. So uh, I, I love connecting with people and helping you kind of, you know, reach those next goals that you're looking for. And 2021 is going to be that year where I hope a lot of people are able to shift towards something that they really want to obtain in life. And Nick, thank you so much, man, for having me on. This was an absolute pleasure chatting with you, buddy. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And, and everybody like he, gives such practical advice in this book and and we didn't I didn't really touch it on the practical advice here because I thought we could have uh, a little bit of a different conversation but he has so much practical advice into here like travel insurance how to get visas uh things to plan like what you should pack in your bag and and so if you're somebody who wants to travel and wants to work remotely like this is the book for you and like he said he has the in the back of the book once you read it uh he gives you the ability to to have a free consultation with him um be, you have to follow the steps in the back of the book. I'm not going to tell you what it is, uh, but so so go get the book. But last question here, Mike, is I think that getting closer to the best version of yourself is a constant journey, and then I also think it's a unique journey. I think the way that I get closer to the best version of myself is going to be a little bit different than the way that you get closer to the best version of yourself. So for you personally, if there are three things that you can currently do or three things that you can currently work on to get closer to that best version of Mike Swagunski that you can possibly be, what are those three things that you could currently do or currently work on? Yeah. So I think for me personally, when my fitness stuff, my, my foot fitness game is on when I'm eating healthy and when I'm like staying, like staying on, on path with my, uh, my business, all three of those like core pillars have to align. So what we've done is we have a personal chef here in Tbilisi. It's, it's actually a very affordable option here. Uh, so eating healthy, it gives me the right energy to want to work out, to want to work hard. And it kind of all falls in line because I'm eating healthy, I'm going to work out. And because I'm working out, I want to eat healthy. So I think all of these things really need to align. And I'm sure you're, you're a big proponent of, or um, a big person to, to take a note out of that is when you, your fitness goals are in line, your, your business goals are going to fall in line as well. And I think that's been the hardest thing for me with the lockdown I actually had a knee surgery earlier this year, so I couldn't walk for two months. So 
that really kind of pushed me back where getting to the best version of myself, all three of these things have to align fitness, eating healthy and staying focused at work and kind of having this, this overarching goal uh, of what I want to achieve in life. So I think for me, it's, it's, I'm going on the right path for sure, but that finish line always seems to keep, you know, once I cross it, there's a new one that appears. No doubt, no doubt. It's always, uh, like I said, it's a constant journey. So that finish line just continues to to go further away. Hopefully, you just it gets closer and closer in sight as we uh, as we move forward in life. But anyways, Mike, that was uh, three great things. An awesome time, man. I, I appreciate you, and uh, that's all we got. There you have it. Such an awesome and then unique episode with Mike. Be sure you share this episode with a friend or family member who you think would like to start traveling more once COVID starts to subside. Share it with someone who wants to see the world, who wants to work remotely because Mike's book will give them all the practical tips on how to do that and will prevent a lot of headache for them. Just send them to nickcarrier.com slash podcast and you can get the audio, the YouTube video, the show notes, where to grab his book and everything like that. Also, if you're interested in my revamped 10-week program, make sure you go to nickcarrier.com slash 10-week programs to learn more. Remember to take a leap of faith if you want to travel. You're not going to have all the answers before you go, although Mike gives you a lot of answers in his book, so prepare accordingly. But there's a lot of things that you're going to learn how to do on the fly. And if you're anything like Mike, in order to get closer to the best version of yourself, make sure you stay focused on your fitness, stay focused on your nutrition, and stay focused on hitting your business and professional goals because these are the things that are going to get you closer and closer to your best you.